0: Introducing the new You Can Be Happy training course, presented by New York Times bestselling author and podcast host, Christine Carlson of the Don't Sweat the Small Stuff series. Based on the early work of Dr. Richard Carlson, this digital course is designed to help people lead better, happier lives. In this five-module video course, you'll learn the five principles that will change how you live your life and improve all of your relationships. Get ready to improve your life in all ways, from your career, at home, to your health and well-being, and in all of your relationships. Based on the legacy work of Christine's late husband, Dr. Richard Carlson, that has helped millions of people all over the world lead happier, more fulfilling lives, this course will help you stress less and enjoy more. If that sounds good to you, head to our website at happinesstrainingcourses.com for exclusive access to our launch dates and more information.
1: Hi, and welcome back to the Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, Live the Big Stuff podcast. This is Christine Carlson. Before we begin, let's go ahead and take our golden pause. So wherever you are, sit comfortably with your legs uncrossed if you're seated in a chair. And if you're seated on the floor, just sit Indian style. In both positions, place your palms open on your lap. And of course, if you're driving or doing another activity, just use this as a deep breathing exercise to get you really present, present in your body and present in your listening. So let's go ahead and begin. Let's take a deep breath in through our nose, allowing our chest and our belly to fully expand, taking in the maximum of that breath. And as you exhale, just feel yourself letting go relaxing and sinking into this moment and on your next breath in breathing in through your nose allowing your chest and your belly to fully expand taking in that breath picture golden sunlight pure golden sunlight going to every cell of your being to the top of your head to the tips of your fingers and your toes to every cell and as you exhale just go ahead and relax and let go a little bit deeper this time as you breathe in golden sunlight pure golden sunlight to every cell of your being place your hand on your heart activating your heart opening your heart placing your attention there and just spend a moment thinking of something that you feel grateful for it could be a person a place a thing somebody Something somebody recently said to you could be anything. It could be for just taking this breath right here, right now. And as you fill your heart and your core and your mind and your whole body with pure golden gratitude, taking in those deep breaths and exhaling and letting go, take one last deep breath in, feeling all that gratitude in every cell of your being, And go ahead and exhale and open your eyes. Oh, geez, I always love those. And it's the best preparation in the entire universe for doing a podcast. (laughs) Just brings me right into my center, gives me that pause I need with all the busyness that's going on in life. And here we are. Well, today I have a very special guest. I've actually had Dr. Amina on the Brain Power podcast prior. I hope that you've listened to that podcast Um, in relation to ADD and ADHD and all the concerns that we have for our children's brains those children that are special in our lives, whether they're our adult children, our young children, or our grandchildren, as the case may be with me. So I hope that you've listened to that. If you haven't, please go back and listen to that interview. it's, it's really just has so much great information in it, and I think you'll find it extremely hopeful. So Dr. Daniel Amina is a child, adolescent, and adult psychiatrist, who earned his medical degree from the University of California, Los Angeles School of Medicine, and completed his general residency in in psychiatry and child adolescent fellowship at the University of Hawaii Department of Psychiatry. He sees each client in the context of their families, school, job, and community. He enjoys working with children and adults and is well-versed in individual family, couples, and group psychotherapy. He uses dynamic as well as cognitive behavioral therapy, interpersonal psychotherapy, family psychotherapy, and works to integrate pharma- pharmacotherapy and alternative therapies to optimize brain health and function. He's experienced in anxiety and mood disorders, addiction, ADD, ADHD, impulsive disruptive behavioral disorders, autism, the autism spectrum, and psychotic disorders, OCD and PTSD. Welcome Dr. Amina, welcome back.
2: Thank you so much for having me. This was really fun last time we did this, so I'm excited to have this uh, topic. I think it's a it's a very pressing topic. If it's it, it's very relevant. Um, it's something that we're all thinking about now these day and age. You know, our cognitive function um, as we age. So uh, very excited to be discussing this.
1: Yeah. So today's topic, as um, Dr. Mina just said, is we're talking about the aging brain and how we can make our aging brain more age less. So one of the things um, that we thought we'd begin with was I I thought I might tell my story about when I went into the Amen Clinic, what some of my concerns were. You know, like all of you, anybody who's um, in their late 40s to, you know, 50s, 60s, and 70s, I'm sure you noticed a shift in your brain. You know, maybe it's a lot of hormone shifting around. Um, I definitely noticed after menopause that I felt a little bit sluggish and a little bit slower, and I I was feeling a little bit of brain fog and different things like that. And of course, my greatest fear going into the Amen Clinic was, wow, what if they tell me there's something wrong with my brain? Like, seriously, I've never looked at my brain. I've never really thought about it that much until this last few years. So what if they tell me I'm predisposed to dementia or Alzheimer's or anything like that? Okay, but here's the thing, you know, what if they tell us anything about our health, right? At our age, we, we you have to go in and you want to know, right? Because knowledge is power and preventative everything is so powerful to our health and to achieving optimal health as we age, which we all know this um, podcast and my podcast and my, um, my mission is all about having the most vibrant life and, and helping people live their most vibrant life. So, of course brain health is at the very top of the list to what it means to live your most vibrant life. So Dr. Amina, let's, let's talk about that for a moment. Like in your mind, how do you see brain health playing the big role in living a vibrant life at, at any age, but in your 50s and beyond?
2: So excellent question. Um, I think honestly, you, you set a really great example of, of this. There's an intentionality to brain health. It's not a, It shouldn't be a secondary uh, process in our lives or, or an afterthought. Unfortunately, it is because we can't usually see our brains. So most of us just go about living and doing and focusing on our families, our jobs, our careers, our cars, our houses, or whatever other concern we may have. And our health becomes less and less of an issue until there's a problem that comes up, right? Right. Um, and most of the time, we do focus on the big things, whether it's, oh, that my doctor said my sugars are off. My doctor said my blood pressure is off. We focus on those ones when it's already an issue. One of the, the biggest things in this country in, where the hope is to change this is that we have not been very good at preventative medicine. It's actually one of the areas of, of medicine that's growing in the, mo- in the most is just doing a better job of maintaining things so that it doesn't have to get to the point where you have to treat it, and treat it with medicines and all those other things. Um, And we believe here, especially at the Amelian Clinics, it's about being intentional about your health in all aspects, and especially about your brain health. We prefer that people are knowledgeable about where their health is and their brain health is before there's an issue. I like working with those clients that come in. I know when you're reading through the descriptions of the types of clients and the type of work I do, I was thinking at some point I just need to add in like brain optimization.
1: Yes. Because
2: absolutely. We have many clients that come in that everybody else would look at them from the outside and go, your life is going great. Why, why are you going in there? Um, But they come in because they're being intentional and being proactive about their health. They want to make sure that they're doing all that they can to support their cognition, to support their health, just the same way as when they go check their blood pressure, just the same way as they learn about, hey, these foods are healthier for me. And if I eat this particular way in 10 years, I'm probably going to be healthier than if I eat this other particular way. Or if I continue to go to gym in this particular way, I'm more likely to be healthier. so just in summary it's extremely important to be intentional about your health it's extremely important to be intentional about your brain health and that's why even people are, are listening to this podcast right now
1: Exactly well I love that and I I think the word intention is really the action word you know is mm-hmm. that when we intend on anything in our lives um that just puts us into a a very almost a goal mindset you know where your mind follows that intention like a path. And mm-hmm. certainly when I came in to see you, you know, I, I was most interested in sharing this, um, with my audience, but I was also really interested to find out what I was going to find out about me. And mm-hmm. for that very reason, because I'm, I'm not, I don't want to just sit back and assume that everything's okay. I want to, I want to know what I can do to be better. Mm-hmm. I think, um, I think that's that is what the intention is when you're talking about um, optimizing your health, optimizing everything in your life.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: anyways, with that said, um, let's talk a little bit about some. Actually, of...
2: can I just add something there? I'm so sorry to interrupt you, but this is is this is actually a key key point, too. Um, one of the things I focus on with all my clients that come in, but especially, you know, if someone actually comes in with a concern, I usually try to help them remember all the things that are going well too. Nice. Um, and and this is actually a big thing, and and this is is part of, you know, the principles you teach uh, in in general in all your podcasts. But there's an element of just being able to focus on what is well. So sometimes we may get frustrated about, oh, my brain isn't doing this thing as well as it used to and hyper-focus on that and drive ourselves into anxiety or depression or whatever because, oh no, my brain is aging a little quicker. But your brain is still doing all these other stuff well. Um, let's remember that. And I often, I go, as I'm telling my client, OK, we need to work over here. But hey, look at this stuff over here. This part of your brain looks still amazing. Wow, do more of this stuff. Wow, look at your emotional brain. It's it's so empathetic. It's caring. You're more likely to want to connect with people and, and nurture relationships. Wow. Um, I want people to see themselves in all, in a, as a whole, in totality. Yes, take care of yourself, but also see what is going well too. So be intentional in your wellness in all aspects.
1: That's a great point, and and how powerful, and certainly something that everyone is going to be interested in because let's face it, we want to hear <laughs> we want to hear what's good about us, not always what's wrong with us. So correct, we love that, and I think that's very powerful. And I definitely noticed. I mean, the first thing you said to me when I um, when you got my brain scans back was, "Wow, you have a really good brain, Chris." <laughs> well,
0: you, like, but you do, no.
2: so that was easy.
1: You I can stop sweating the small stuff. <laughs>
2: yes, yes, yes.
1: Yeah, so it it is really powerful, and of course, I want to just um, highlight that that you know when I got to work with you it did feel very positive and i felt very uplifted and yeah you had some great suggestions for me and we'll talk about those a little bit later um and and i did walk home you know walk out with a list of supplements that i could take to help me along even better and so um so we'll talk about that in a little while but i want to talk about some of the um primary concerns that people really do have with their aging brain and of course we're all thinking like how is it that I am looking for my cell phone while I'm talking on my cell phone? <laughs> or why is it that I'm looking around for my car keys and I and I find them in the refrigerator? Or mm-hmm. or that that moment when you just can't think of that name, you know that actor or that actress that you have that whole picture of who they are in your head and we call that brain fog and mm-hmm. and memory issues. And so how, why did those hit us when we're in our 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s, Dr. Amina?
2: Uh, uh, one of the things I mentioned to you is that I actually work with clients all the way down, you know, kids, right? So I work with kids, I work with adolescents, I work with young adults, I work with clients, yeah, that are over 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90. Um, brain fog is not only, doesn't only show up at 40 plus. Um, yes, maybe it starts to show up more, but it actually shows up for even our know, younger clients too. And brain fog is a complex thing. It's 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 a, it's a simple phrase or simple word in some ways, two words together, but it's kind of very descriptive. People can go, you don't even really need to know the definition of it. But if you said, I, I'm having like brain fog, someone could probably kind of figure out what that is. You're like, oh yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, I can probably get a, get a sense of what that is. But interestingly enough, the biology to get to brain fog can be extremely different for each client that comes mm-hmm. in. So brain fog is this thing where maybe they will struggle with processing things. You will struggle with your memory. You will struggle with your language. You, you know finding the right word for something. You struggle with calculating things, organizing yourself, planning yourself. It, it's not 100 percent of the time. Uh, if it becomes 100 percent of the time, then we really got more work that we got to do. But it, it shows up from time to time. You know, you gave you gave some excellent examples there. Looking for your phone while you're on your phone, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> those are oh, walking into a room and being absolutely confused while you're even in that room.
0: Okay? Yes. There,
2: there's multiple reasons for this. I mean, one of the first ones I, I see is that we just we don't take care of ourselves the way we should. Okay. We you talked about this in some prior podcasts. The idea of just we have so many uh, thought processes that are going through our brain all the time. I don't know if you said something like 70,000 or something. Yeah. But like we have so many thoughts we think of every day. After a while, your brain is like, I'm just, I'm just tired. Tired. I mean, this, this happens on a computer. We can imagine that a computer. You know when we have a computer, we have too many things open, mm-hmm. and it starts stuttering, right? <laughs> that, that happens on a computer. So why would we think it couldn't happen with us? So that shows up in computers. Um, When you're asking the computer to do too much, after a while, it's going to drop something. And that's even what happens with our brains, too. When we ask it to do too much continuously, and we don't provide the rest, we don't provide the nutrients, um, we get into illness or everything. and, And that, over time, will eventually start to lead to more of these episodes. And that's often why we see it more, you know, greater than 40 because you just, you've lived a, lot, a long time in life, and, and the effects of life, unfortunately, starts to take hold in, in, in the body and the brain. So often, we'll see brain fog can be caused by anxiety, can be caused by depression, can be caused because your gut health is terrible. Mm-hmm. You got too much yeast in your gut, that can cause it. You got dysbiosis, you used too much antibiotics in your years. Uh, you had too much processed foods, you do, uh, you do too much carbs and sugars. Or you've had past head injuries that no one ever told you about that was important to treat, uh, or you have hormone issues, or you have thyroid issues, or you have a house that's filled with mold, or what we often see here at the Amen I Clinics is a combination of all of the above, right? And and then unfortunately, then that starts manifesting as brain fog.
1: Yeah, you know, one of my um, friends came into you and. Her whole family was experiencing a wide variety of issues from depression in the teens, um, anxiety and depression in the teenagers. Um, She was having all sorts of uh, immune issues like autoimmune disease. And her husband started suddenly just really looking like he was getting dementia in such a, a very high level that they all came to the Amen Clinic. And it, it was the um, it was a doctor at the Amen Clinic that suggested that it, it was, had they looked into mold? And sure enough, they went into their attic and their entire ceiling was covered in a very, um, very, very toxic black mold. And mm-hmm. They had to literally, like, it was really sad. Their insurance covered nothing. They had to move out of their home mm-hmm. um, and some million dollars of renovation and damages to a very already very expensive home. Mm-hmm. But you know what? They're on their way to mending now. And mm-hmm. their whole family, can you imagine? Like, their whole family was falling apart and they had no idea because nobody had ever gone up into the attic.
2: Yeah. And, and we don't learn about this. We don't think about this, you know, when in, in my standard training in psychiatry before I started working at Amon Clinics, this was not something we talked about. Uh, and I, I could almost think of all the different psychodynamic uh, uh, methods or de- uh, ways we would have tried to describe it. So there's these, there's these psychological ways of trying to describe, oh, a combined syndrome that's working in a family or something. You'd be thinking yeah. about all these ways to kind of describe something. And then we just actually looked at their brains and you say, okay, all your brain shouldn't look like this. All your brain shouldn't look toxic. If everybody's brain is looking toxic, something is going on. That's just not depression. That's just not anxiety. That's not some psychodynamic codependency kind of thing. There's more that's happening here that leads to symptoms.
1: Yeah, so powerful. I mean, that's really what I love about this so much is is just that – looking at the brain and being able to see um, what's going on in the blood flow of the brain is just, it's so powerful to mm-hmm. being able to make adjustments and changes and shifts. And so that's why I want to also talk about is, is it's true that the brain can heal and repair and change, right, Dr. Amina?
2: Um, that's the the most powerful message that I think Dr. Amen himself has been sending for years now. Uh, just the idea of your brain can get better and we can prove it. And the the proving it part is the pre and post picture. You know, you pre-image, see what your brain looks like, uh, then intentionally intervene in a multimodal way, meaning we're doing more than one thing. You're not just taking that one medicine, one pill. You're doing multiple things to help your brain improve. And then later on, doing your post and seeing what your brain looks like. Now, in, in the context of memory and cognition and dementia, because that's obviously one of the biggest things that uh, America is concerned about right now, and especially with an aging population, right? Um, they're saying Alzheimer's is going to increase and continue to increase just because our population is, is, is aging. Um, we found that there are strategies to help the brain age better, and there are strategies to help reverse some of the, the symptoms of brain aging in the sense of memory concerns, uh, that brain fog concerns that we we discussed. And there are things that aren't only being done here at our clinic, but there's things that have been studied externally too. Um, Dale Bredesen over at the Buck Institute and in UCLA actually um, has, has spoken about this and even, even uh, published a book on this topic. Um, his book was the end of Alzheimer's. I think it came out in 2017, but it was just the idea of there are multiple metabolic factors that contribute to your brain's aging. It's the micronutrients we're not getting that your brain still needs to get. So that's in supplementation, that's in foods. Um, it's our hormones being depleted. It's the relation to our sleep and the problems that we have with sleep, we, we sacrifice sleep a lot in this, this country. Oh, yeah. active. Uh, it's the toxins we get exposed to. It's the lifestyle decisions we make as far as our diet and our, and our exercise that contribute to our accelerated brain aging. So being intentional again, so here that word comes in, and choosing to make different decisions in your life to actually help your brain function better. We saw that uh, he saw in his study, and we've seen in, in our clients that your brain can get better. Now I'll be honest with everybody, the earlier you come in, the earlier you start working on it, the better. If you've already degraded your brain down and then you come in and you do have to plan, you don't get the, the benefit you want. And, and what I mean by that, sometimes people, it, it can be rigorous, especially if you're coming in later on and your symptoms are pretty advanced. It can be rigorous. Some clients, you know, you need to do the diet. You need to do the exercise. You need to do the sleep protocol. You need to stop that habit of the one or two glasses of wine at night. But I've been doing that for 40 years, doc. It didn't <laughs> seem like it was a problem all that time. Well, it's been adding up to a problem. Um, that's actually one of my toughest discussions I have with clients. It could be that one or two glasses of wine. I'm like, I'm not an alcoholic. I'm not saying you're an alcoholic. We're just talking about your brain health.
1: Yeah, and I mean, even just you think about like um, how it all impacts, like wine impacts your sleep, it impacts mm-hmm. your sugar, it impacts your your gut health, you know, it's a mm-hmm. whole thing. What I love about um, the similar changes and shifts that you have to do um, to give your brain the right nutrients and the, the right diet, I, what I love about it is it's very similar to um, the kind of gut health research that's out there. It's like they both go hand in hand. It's like that your gut health... Is really important to your brain health and vice versa and do you want to talk a little bit about that
2: oh my goodness that's again one of the biggest lessons I've learned being here at the aiming clinics it's something that we did not even fathom or even talk about at all in 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 my medical training um, in, in, in these more recent years as increasing published and documented um, results with intervening on the gut side, actually improving cognition and supporting memory and supporting mood. So th- there's a whole lot to learn about this. And I'll be honest, I don't think there's we have a perfect answer of like, this is the exact thing you need to take or do um, to completely improve your gut health. We do have an idea of the things not to do um, as far as the processed foods, as far as the high sugars, as far as excess alcohol, as far as... Um, even, even, even taking the wrong probiotics sometimes can cause an issue for some people's brains and even taking too much antibiotics can cause an issue or that pain medicine that you need to take all the time chronically. That's also messing with your gut and also potentially having issues, causing issues with your brain. So you're causing mul- multiple issues, uh, by but taking sleep certain medications medicines. That sleep do. medications.
1: Like, you know, like I know, I mean, just... To name a couple, I know like Ambien, it just has just been, there's just been so many case studies now about Ambient being very dangerous. I mean, extremely dangerous. It just seems like none of that can be good for your brain.
2: Um, if things, the best way to think of this is how can you use whatever, you know, tools like that are, are useful. And for some people, they're life changing and they save lives. Okay? It can actually have yeah. a positive benefit. Um, so I want to be clear with any of our clients, or people who are listening. Um, not all of this is poison in itself. Yeah. It's yeah. more about how long do you use it. What's the utility right. of it?
1: And how much um, do you take?
2: <laughs> and how much do you take? How long do you use it? Can you limit it to use? Can you find other, other strategies to help you with your sleep if it's a sleep med? Can you use other strategies to help with your pain if it's a pain med? Um, Can we mix it up? Can we decrease your exposure to it? And then can you do other good things for yourself, right? Don't do everything that hits your brain in a negative way. Don't get, don't drink the wine. Don't also do the ambient. Don't also exercise less than once or twice a week. Don't also um, do a bunch of processed foods. Don't also not manage that chronic depression, anxiety, or that chronic PTSD that, you know, you don't want to go talk to anybody about but it's still negatively impacting the health of your brain. Actually, let me just make a point on that. One of the things we've seen that can impact depression, I mean, excuse me, impact uh, dementia is untreated chronic depression. Oh. People will just, will just will learn to function, but they're just not happy. Right. They just learned to function. They do everything they're supposed to do. They show up where they're supposed to show up, but they've been chronically depressed for 5, 10, 20, 30 years And it ages the brain quicker.
1: Is that because there's like, there must be just some sort of like, um, there has to be some sort of joy factor then excitement and joy and the kind of boosts that come from good feelings that must really impact the brain then.
2: Oh, most definitely. Um, good feelings manage inflammation.
1: Um,
2: okay. I, I have fe- like
1: no inflammation in my like in my blood work actually, which I think is really powerful. You know, when I when I heard that, I was like, none. And she's like, now you have no markers for inflammation. <laughs>
2: exactly. No. So that's that's why all of this stuff is important. Everything you're teaching people is important. It does. It's not just about your, you know, little feel good feelings at that moment or something. It's about what it actually do does downstream for you. Um, if you're managing your if you're intentional about how you pursue those moments of joy or those moments of gratitude, it shifts your brain from that stress state. Absolutely. The stress state increases cortisol. Okay. Increases inflammatory, uh, they call called inflammatory cytokines. I'm sorry. It's a big term there, but increases <laughs> inflammation in the body. And the reason the brain and the body is doing it is, is for a reason. When your brain sees stress. It thinks, oh, we might need to deal with a threat that's coming at us. We might need to deal with an infectious process. Let's get ready for that. But the, the fighting state that the, that the brain gets into is not actually good for sustaining um, the health of the body. It should be a temporary state that the brain and the body goes into to deal with whatever that initial threat is, manage that threat, and then go back to normal, where normal is protect Um, the body heal the body grow the body if we're in a chronic state of stress our brain is not doing that enough this also shows up in sleep this is why sleep (laughs) is such an important piece most of your your your, the toxins are rid from your brain in the context of your sleep so if you sleep less you're like oh I do fine with less than five hours sleep I'm good I'm good I'm always good with less than five hours sleep you actually, you have less time to detoxify your brain, All right? And not only I mean, that's an important piece because that means you hold on to more toxins, it also unfortunately changes how your brain consolidates memories. And a lot of your consolidation of your holding or storing and reframing of those memories occurs in the context of your sleep. Yeah, your it memory,
1: happens in your REM sleep, right?
2: Exactly. Your memory and, and so in those deeper stages, your, your memory and such is... Is improved and your cognition is improved when you sleep more. So if 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 any of your clients, uh, uh, people are uh, my clients, are listening, or or your listeners are listening right now, on, and have had brain fog, some of the things your first action step usually is: okay, let me pause for a moment. Let me let me do this golden uh, moment in some ways. Let me let me take some breaths. Um, let me slow myself down because it usually speaks to a level of anxiety that's been building up. Okay, And then you look back and say, what's my sleep look like in this past week or two weeks? What's my activity level look like? What's my exercise looking like in this past week or two weeks? What did I just eat? There's a lot of things that sometimes we eat that actually make it, make it harder for our brain to to do the work it needs to. And I have
1: to breathing. You know, I, what I've noticed is when somebody tells me they're having anxiety, I always ask them one question and then it's always like, well... Have you ever noticed, do you hold your breath a lot when you're feeling anxious? Do you hold your breath when you're scared? Do you hold your breath when you're thinking a lot about something? Because it just seems like that's a really big, easy tool that everyone has at their disposal, is to just breathe and give your brain oxygen. Because I always think, well, if my brain isn't getting oxygen, it sends me into fight or flight, because that's at the very heart of your life, is your breath. And you know, talk about putting your brain in a panic. It's like, well, if you're not breathing, then your brain's like going, "What? What? What the heck? Like,
2: exactly. well, am I
1: gonna die?" You know?
2: <laughs> exactly. And there's such strong biology behind this. There's there's a reason the breathing exercises are so important. And and people, I want people to understand that you're literally tapping into your fight or flight systems. You're you're, you're tapping in into your rest or relax systems um, when you do those breathing exercises, we have two nervous systems that work in parallel. There's one called the parasympathetic and the sympathetic. The sympathetic is that fight or flight. It's the one that gets you ready to run. The parasympathetic is sleep, digest food, rest, all of that. Um, both systems are running in parallel. The sympathetic runs a little bit hotter during the day. The parasympathetic runs a little bit hotter during the times when you're digesting, you know, you're about to go to sleep. Um, often when things get shifted in the wrong direction, we have that sympathetic running all the time and you're not getting enough of that parasympathetic rest, relax, heal. One of the best ways to trigger that system is to do these breathing exercises because you can almost press a a button in your brain. Um, When you do those deep belly breaths, you have to activate your parasympathetic system to actually activate the diaphragm to take that deep belly breath. So you're almost literally pressing on that button in your brain that says, relax. You have to do it a few times. You have to practice it. I actually tell my clients, do it a couple of times a day. Yeah. The golden pause should not just be when you listen to this podcast. No. That that should be once, twice, three times a day. Just slow yourself down. Um, That can have a huge impact on your cortisol levels. It can have a huge impact on your anxiety levels over time. And even when you're feeling kind of foggy, it can help manage that.
1: Yeah, and let's just um, like tag on to that a little bit. What is the benefit of, I know you kind of shared a little bit earlier, but what, again, is the benefit of tuning into your gratitude?
2: Mm-hmm. Um, uh, g- gratitude is, is, such, is so key. So uh, I'll give this example in the context of some of my clients who come in here who are very proactive on their health. They're very intentional on their health. I, I applaud them but they're almost too hyper-focused on what is wrong.
1: Absolutely.
2: Yeah, they could be just dominating life in many ways. You know, things are great with the kids, their health in general is okay, their job is amazing, whatever. But they are able to find things that are wrong all the time. And it just impacts their enjoyment of things. It, it leads their body to be more stressed, to be more distressed than it otherwise needs to be. Right. It actually causes illness. They've shown this. Like even just example your type A personalities have been, have been shown to have more, especially in men, have been shown to have more risk for cardiovascular disease because it pushes up your, your, your stress hormones again and your, those inflammatory hormones again. So gratitude pulls you away from that state because it forces your brain to say, let me focus on, on what is well, what is going well. And it's an intentional practice. Just like anything else in life, you have to practice it. You, you can't it, you, you don't automatically just get good at it. You don't think that, oh, I do it once a week, that's fine. No, you have to intentionally bring yourself to that state because in some ways our brains are hardwired to focus on what's wrong. It's partly a safety mechanism, but it also sets us up to be more inflamed and more stressed. And frankly, there's a lot going on in this world that you can identify as wrong at any time. The Absolutely. news does that to us.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I, I for one, I limit my... Um news intake, I certainly don't, um, look at it first thing in the morning. (laughs) Yes. Look at news. It's going to be like later in the afternoon, maybe. And never before I go to sleep.
2: (laughs) Yes, please, please. I'm going to second, second that I had, you know, we have all our smartphones and I, unfortunately at one point, you know, I didn't know how to manage all the, the, the news pop-ups that would come in and you'd have the CNN or whatever things that will pop up the stuff. And you, you look at your phone in the morning, like you, you've seen all this awfulness. What a terrible way to start the day.
1: Oh, God. Yeah, uh, terrible.
2: So now I've, I've learned to, I have some, some uh, intentionally consider positive things. There's like some verses or some things that I'll read in the morning to get myself into that frame of how I want to see myself in that day, how I want to see myself in the world in that day, how I want to see what I want to be focused on, the points of gratitude I want to be focused on.
1: One of the things we've always said is how you start your day is how you live your day. So if you get off to a peaceful start and an intentional peaceful start and you fill your um, mind with inspiring things and gratitude, then you'll find yourself um, really focused on what to be grateful for. It's just how our mind works. I mean, we we tell our mind to do something and it actually does what we ask it to do. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's a pretty mind-blowing thing, you know? Yeah. When I get into some negative habits sometimes, and every once in a while I do, I, I'll like stop eating really well and I'll start eating sugar for just no apparent reason. I have to have the same talk with myself. I have to sit down and say, Chris, is this really the most loving way you can treat yourself? Is this really what you want to be doing? Is this how you want to be? Um, is this what you want to be putting into your body? And it's really how we talk to ourselves. Um, And I love that, that this is all so interconnected, that it's how Mm -hmm. we treat ourselves that matters um, to our brains as well. So I love that. And, you know, just to um, finish off this wonderful conversation, I'm wondering, besides sleep, what are the other things that you can tell our listeners, the things that they can be proactive on in their health and in their brain health today?
2: So, so first piece, we've already talked about the importance of gratitude. We've talked about the importance of sleep. We've, and and on a quickly on the sleep thing, uh, treat sleep apnea. If anybody's ever told you you have sleep apnea, treat it. Okay, well, Some of the worst brains we see here is because they have sleep apnea untreated. Okay, So just a little short thing on that. Um, but some of the other things are is about exercise. We know this. If you're not exercising right now, just start. 20 minutes walk, 30 minutes walk if you can get into the pool, I mean, one of the, it, it, swim, If you can do if you go to a class, whatever, if you need, even if you just have to just start by rolling out of bed and doing some pushups and some sit ups, just start, start with something. What they continually show one of the best predictors of a positive outcome in any study as relates to cognition or memory, uh, the people who exercise. Okay. exercise helps with depression, helps with anxiety, helps with pretty much almost anything helps manage inflammation.
0: Everything.
1: It, it, it met,
2: exactly. So if, if someone, you know, listening today is like, Oh, what do I do today? I want to just go for a walk today. After you listen to this, go for a walk, find some time today, do a five minute walk, 10 minute walk, and then find the way to keep, keep it going. Yep. Find a friend who's able, who wants to do it too.
1: There's so many great apps too. Like there's so many awesome apps now that you can just download on your phone for free even, that mm-hmm. will help motivate you. I mean, I use apps all the time when I travel. I use this one yoga app called Asana Rebel. And it's awesome because I can just, all I need is like a, a the, the space of a yoga mat, basically. Mm-hmm. And I can do it in a hotel room, you know, and then there's all these just different levels of workouts and things I can do on that. Uh, meditation apps, they're all available. So there's really mm-hmm. no excuse anymore um, to not have motivation. <laughs>
2: Yeah, and this is, this is where technology, See, again, technology isn't poison, just like whether it's supplements or meds or whatever. They're not poison. It's about how you utilize it, yeah. right? So there can be tools out there that can actually further your health. Um, the big one that you, you talk about as we talk about, it, you got to put the right things into your body. I mean, I, I have clients, though, they'll, they'll, they'll maybe want to take the vitamins and take all these other things, but then they'll still put the wrong things into their body. It just corrodes your body. If you're eating the wrong thing, still drinking that same amount of alcohol, still using other substances or whatever, it, it's, it limits the benefits of, of what we may even want to do. It even limits the benefits of the exercise. So I usually say start with just one right decision and then go from there. You know, if you decide to not start the day with a donut, great. Okay, that's a, that's you, you had an opportunity there to uh, avoid a sugar hit in the morning. I I give you a lot of credit for that. Start the day right. Continue to learn about nutrition. Listen. I I, I think Zoe's talk is going to be coming up or already came up. Um, She's a nutritionist. She's awesome. She's going to give you, uh, if you guys have already heard it, but listen to it again. She's going to give you some insights on, on what can be helpful nutritionally wise. Just keep learning about it. Keep trying new things, new foods. Don't automatically think that, uh, you know, uh, healthy food is going to be tasteless. There's good tasting, healthy food. And you can actually get to the point where you crave it versus craving the stuff that isn't as healthy. Absolutely. Um, And then the big one I, I have to tell my clients too is just if you have an underlying condition that someone's already told you about, you have your blood pressure, you have your diabetes, you have your whatever it may be, take care of that, please. And take care of it aggressively. Make sure you're managing it well. Uh, especially with things like diabetes and high blood pressure, that's vasculature related. That's your blood vessels. That's the pumps. If your blood vessels and pumps aren't working well, your brain is not going to work well. Your brain is absolutely completely dependent on those systems. So often, um, if your vas- vasculature, if you have erectile dysfunction as a, as a man, if you have, the, your vasculature is injured there, that's your brain is not going to be functioning well. It's just what tends to happen. So take care of those underlying conditions, eat right, start with some form of exercise, start working on a sleep. If all of this sounds too overwhelming, pick one of those things and just say, okay, I'm gonna make a better decision on this one today.
1: I love that. That's so doable and that's such a hopeful message. One of the um, great messages that I love from the Amen Clinic is you change your brain and you change your life. Would you like to close off with any specific Daniel Amina message for our listeners?
2: Um, One of my biggest things is I believe we're we're all brought, we're all here on this earth for a reason. Okay. We're all here to have an impact. We all have our own different gifts. We all have our own different talents we're not going to be the exact gift that the other person has, right? You could have a sibling that's an amazing athlete and you're not the amazing athlete, but you may have a completely different gifting. Um, try to avoid the, I wish I had that and focus on what you do have and then live into that gifting is your, and people talk about this as like, as your, as your values match your life. There's all these different ways people talk about this idea, but the general piece is understand what your giftings are and, live into those giftings. Those are the ways we often feel the most satisfied with life. Those are the things that make life worth it. We're all going to age. We're all going to, at some point pass on. I mean, that's the, there's an element of beauty in that. Live out this life, make those connections, live into our giftings, and that's a more fulfilled and more complete life.
1: Oh, I love that. What a great closing. And I, I love so much about that because it really is about whether you're a child or an adult, it's about building on your strength. Mm -hmm. you know, and not looking at the the parts of you that you um, don't feel confident about, but really building on those parts of you that you're really here to share. So thank you so much, Dr. Amina, again.
2: Thank you so much.
1: Conversation. I know my listeners are going to love this. And um, just want to also remind you that you can check out the Amen Clinic, the links will be in the notes. So Go to the Amen Clinic, check out what they have to offer. They have an amazing blog and a lot of resources there. And just thanks so much, Dr. Amina, for both of our interviews. This has been a pleasure.
2: Oh, Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for introducing me to your audience. Your audience is amazing and your podcast is amazing. I've had a chance to to listen to, to many of them. So I'm, I'm really excited about what you do and your message is, is so timely, so needed. And I really appreciate that you're doing what you do. Thank you.
1: All right. So everyone, thanks for listening. Come back again. Don't sweat the small stuff. Live the big stuff. This is Christine Carlson. Bye for now.
0: Thanks for listening. Do you want to lead a better, happier life? Introducing the new You Can Be Happy training course. Learn the five principles that will change how you live your life and improve all of your relationships. Learn more at happinesstrainingcourses.com.